oranges and blue moons are where it's at. That does not serve a purpose like the lime and the Corona. The lime and the Corona keeps but the it's, flies But it away. does add a nice flavor. It adds a nice flavor. It's citrusy and light. Citrusy and light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, light. We're in the summertime. We've talked about this. Yes, we have. Oh, that's too heavy for me. Yeah, well, it is. I'll have a bowl of chili and a Guinness, please. <laughs> <laughs> White chili. No, no. And full, a land full, shark. Full test. <laughs> White chili and a White land shark. White chili and a land shark. <laughs> White chili and a land shirt is what it'll be. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, if that's just me a freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. Week after week, we come down to this basement in this dingy, dark place in my house in Oconomowoc where it stinks like cat litter and whatever is in that wax melt <laughs> <laughs> to cover up the cat litter scent. Sometimes the combination I run, is wonderful. <laughs> sometimes I run ozone to really help here, and I feel like that's been making it worse. <laughs> I did plug in a dehumidifier the other day, though. Oh, that helps. I thought that might do some good. It's on the other end of the basement, though, where there's a water problem. Your, your house probably needs two of those. It's so big. It's not. It, it's not. It's doing like don't, that room, don't make and that's the okay. It's hunter sound like we're more than we're. It's so big, you need two. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Coming from an HVAC guy, I'm telling you that thing is like a fart in a windstorm. <laughs> the cubic. So I'll never smell it. That's right. I'm like the fart that you lay down in here. We smell it. Is that onion? Ketchup? Do you have onion and ketchup? Right away, so I get blamed for stuff I didn't even do. Talking about farting in the wind. Yeah, you were thinking about it though. Well. <laughs> Not gonna say I wasn't, <laughs> but I'm not gonna say I was either. So there, gentlemen behind you. When you go to get permission on private land, and you secretly bring a buddy. <laughs> Hello, Miss Lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brennan. <laughs> or no, that's, I don't know. No, that's one. Eric. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're brought to you by Half Rack. <clears throat> I'm like choking now. All of a sudden. Uh, half-rack.com, code OHP. Our giveaway is going live tomorrow. That is Wednesday. It'll be on their page and our page on the Instagram uh, stuff. So check that out. Details will be in the content of the post. So we're giving away some stuff. They're giving away some stuff. We're all giving away some stuff. Go get some stuff. So yeah. pretty straightforward. I think the rules are something like, like this post, tag a buddy, follow both pages. It's not more complicated. I know we talked about making it extraordinarily complicated just still, to be an asshole. There's still time. And we changed our mind. We can do it. Yeah, we can, we can, make, some, we can make some fake rules. Um, <laughs> check out our other partners, Latitude, Outdoors, Spartan Forge, Method Archery, Go Wild. Uh, I'm going to be doing some interesting things. I think I talked about this last week. So I'll be on some sort of rotation with uh, baking in some clever, organic, natural type ad stuff. It won't... Pre-planned, natural, organic, <laughs> candid, but grass-fed <laughs> ads. <laughs> so we're aiming for. Yeah, lion's mane, the real stuff that'll give you good energy. All the I don't even know. What to, I keep getting these ads for mud water. I'm like, I'm not giving up coffee, guys. Just get out of my freaking feed. You don't want to drink mushroom water? I would try it, but I would try it. But. I would try it. I think it'd be fun to try, but I just really enjoy coffee. So we should do a 
organic mushroom water taste test. Oh, yeah. We'll just mix them with the fucking Malort. Oh, yeah. It's got to be right up there. Right up there with Alpa's ass water. That's actually how Malort is made. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sweat from some young man's butt crack. <laughs> so, Kodo HP for all the partners will save you some money. All right, and and we love all them, and we'll probably talk with them naturally throughout this episode and others, just because we're all we we, we go to go wild. We use Method Arch, we use Spartan Forge. We're in the Latitude platforms and saddles, and Craig's got the knee pads because he's extra special. But you know, we love him. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I shot a turkey for the first time ever. I got my first ever turkey. Woo! Yeah. What can I say whoa, whoa, except whoa, whoa. you're welcome? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right, man. Thank you, Greg. If it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have happened. Well, Greg is a tremendous guide. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, there we oh, go. Oh, there it is. Tap yourself on the back, big guy. No, man, it's a, a group effort. It, you had, yeah, you had a camera really, guy. A you had you yeah. had a great caller right behind you. There was no reason for me to join the party, although we could have doubled up pretty easily with yeah, three, three birds. Yeah, oh, three, three birds. Came in? Three birds yeah. came right in out of. I don't know. There was probably five or six of them in that field gobbling, along with all the hens and the the birds that weren't gobbling. You know? all, all I know is we got there when there were birds gobbling in basically every direction except the direction we drove in from. Yep. I mean, we got there. I was like, "Wow, this could happen." I mean, usually I'm thinking it's going to be a miracle. Nothing's going to happen. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to go home and everyone's going to be like, "How do you do?" I'm like, "I didn't see any turkeys. I didn't see any deer. You had this. I didn't catch prepared. any fish. It's always the same thing." And this it didn't go that way. They they gobbled. They make they made their way over slowly but surely. We had Matt Collin. He eased up when they got closer. They stepped in the field. There's a little bit of a dip where we were worried that they weren't going to see the decoy set up. There's just a, a yeah. dominant uh, tom and a hen decoy. And the way we we were tucked in with the sun coming up in our eyes, there's also a concern that depending on when the sun was going to rise, glare. it could have glared off the camera or like could have picked us out. And because you had light on, on your head. heads, yep. on your gun. But so the the trigger was pulled at six twelve a.m. Nice. I didn't wait. Keegan, our camera guy, uh, was like, "Dude, you should have let him." I mean, not to like you would have known because you're new, Eric. But he's like, "Oh, I love letting him come and play with the decoys. I love watching him mess that crap up." And he's like, "I was hoping that was gonna happen, but you just like, boom, didn't waste any time." And and Matt was like, "Well, it's a good thing you shot it when you did because they were so close together that you could have shot a couple of them. That would have been bad." Yeah. Although we did have another guy with the tag, so yeah, it would have worked out. But um, I don't know if you saw any of the footage from mine earlier in the week, but I did not wait either. <laughs> I didn't know. He I was like, in I don't the want to mess this up. I was like, like, nope, no, he's there. We, yeah. we don't have time for this yeah. nonsense. Let's get it just done. Take it. Take care of business right now. Congrats, man. Good yeah, work. Yeah, shot him in the face, and uh, he dropped, flopped, and that was it. Like, sweet. How far away was he? 20, 20, 20 yards? not even. I mean, it was Greg's gun, so it was clearly very accurate because he... All you got to do is make someone pull the trigger. The gun does the rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Hey, I can't blame the equipment. You know, <laughs> if it would have gone wrong, it would have been my fault. Well, that would have been easy, though. Yeah. I'm like, well, Greg's gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this guy's doing with this That choke. pea shooter? <laughs> <laughs> I no. asked him. I said, do you know where you're... I, I handed the gun. I said, treat it right. What do you mean, treat it right? I said, be nice to it. I said... And and where are you I gonna shoot? This? Where are you gonna shoot this bird? I'm just gonna shoot it. I said no. You no shoot no no. It in the I head. I asked. I said where should I aim? No, and I then told you, you said to aim sh- for the head. I said you aim for the head. And I was like, thank you for telling me that because I I didn't know where to shoot. He's like, you don't want to pick those BBs out of the breast. No. So and you do have to be careful because some people 
shoot it in the head means like put the bead right here. You did say and then a lot of your patterns go in here. Yep. And like I probably did method. actually aim. I didn't fully listen because I think in the moment I probably aimed for precisely the head is where I had the bead. It worked. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. But that that gun has a pretty tight pattern. A yeah. choke is. It's Especially funny. at that close. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was Yeah, like, I don't think you had much more than a cone angle by about that much when it left the hit, hit that bird. He had a headache, distance. didn't he? So, yeah. Yes. That's awesome. And then they helped me, Matt and him helped me uh I, like quarter up and pull the meat out or whatever. I don't even we didn't gut it. I don't know what you call this when you do this to a bird. Quartering. You break it down. Break it down. Mm-hmm. Break it down for you. Break it down. Break it. Yeah, we broke it down and took some meat up, put it in a bag, stacked on the uh, half rack stool because their meat lug isn't out yet. I was like, hey guys, when's the meat lug coming out? That would have been helpful. So, was Josh uh, not there? He oh. was, his wife had strep. Oh, man. And then he had to do da- double dad duty. And uh, I don't know if he got it or not, too, but, but it, was his wi- it was the right thing to do for him. Like, yeah. your, your wife's sick, you're not going turkey hunting. So, you got to, you got to, mm-hmm. you know, man up and step up the plate and do your job, <clears throat> which he did. So, I. I was like, yeah, do what you got to do, man. Sucks that you won't be there, but uh, more turkey for me. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out? I'm sure he would have sat with Greg and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I We would have probably went somewhere else. We would have went off into the never-never. Into the thick stuff. Into the I mean, they were all over. I, I mean, they, they, were, like, they, were, tur- they were goggling, goggling oh, yeah. the whole time. I had no ticks. I mean, I sprayed myself with permethrin the night before. So it worked? Apparently. I mean, I was pretty diligent about it. I was very liberal with spraying that stuff on there. Sawyer's, that yellow bottle, mm-hmm. just doused. I think I still wet a little bit in the morning. And then I had my butane from my thermosol running in the tote all night. So I opened up. I was like, oh, it smells like gas in here. <laughs> so One of these smells should work. Something. <laughs> to keep the bugs away. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we got a guest with us. Uh, we got uh, John. I, you know, I don't know that I've actually ever said your last name, but I believe it's Radzwilla. John Radzwilla, uh, founder of Hook and Barrel. It Barrel's. is. What's up, John? First off. Not a mucho, man. First off, I call that Daytona spring breaking the bird. It's called breasting out. Oh, but mm. we didn't just take the breast meat. We took the legs uh, and the thighs. That's a bad as well. dad joke. It's a bad dad joke. <laughs> the Daytona. I like that's, that. That's a good touch. <laughs> shake yeah, and bake. Daytona, Florida. We call that a sorry, Jake and bake. Sorry, that, that was a terrible introduction. To that. <laughs> Let's I think welcome I have, John. I have, I have a sound effect for this. Which Obviously, he fits right in. It's the. It's the <laughs> oh, that's I the wrong do. one. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I like that one. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. It was, it was one of these. All right, good one. Yeah, yeah. And if you're breasting out multiple days, anyway. that's bike week. <laughs> okay. That is bike week. Bike week. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get those up. Are, those are called crows. Old crows. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's no young hands at bike week. <laughs> Isn't that just called Sturgis? <laughs> that's a totally different one. Didn't you go to Sturgis? If this is how this I've podcast is starting out, this is going to be epic. Oh, nowhere, yeah. nowhere to go but up, buddy. Yeah, we, yeah. we start at the bottom. So we set the bar low. So even a, a kindergartner could make over the hurdle. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, guys. I got to come in contact with you through Gunpowder, which uh, folks that know me know that's where I work by day. And uh, I think you tripped into one of the articles I put out somewhere on the internet. And uh, then I was like, well, I can write. I think I can write you one, maybe, for Hook and Barrel. And I did, yep. and you you published it. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe you published it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you, you could string a few words together, man. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I pulled an all-nighter that one. I was like, I got so excited about it. I just stayed up all night. And my wife's a teacher. She's she's really good with the, the written word and grammar and 
I, I usually give her a pass on things, but this one I just stuffed into Grammarly to make sure I didn't miss anything, and then I kicked your way. So I was like, man, if you find anything you want to correct, like, go nuts. I will not have any hurt feelings because I don't know what I'm doing. Dude, dude, that chat GPT and Grammarly article you sent me. <laughs> That's where it's at. Just a maestro. <laughs> Write an article on hunting in a passive voice, but sound excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just gotta tell it to, to like sound like Gary Vaynerchuk or you know something like that, and it's like it just says hustle every other word. Kindness, <laughs> uh, hey, kindness, hustle. I, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I wonder where some of these submissions come from, and some of them like really old writers, and they're like, they, they when they when they send me a, a uh, like a, uh, a submission and it starts out with, please read the attached manuscript. I'm like, oh uh, boy, I don't have time. For this. Did he write it that with a typewriter? <laughs> Dude, and I've been recently though getting ones where it just reeks of chatbot, and I'm like, no, no, I don't want the manuscript, and I don't want the chatbot. Like, is there any normal person? And you actually fell within that within the realm of of like very very good writing. And it, I man, I I couldn't agree more with your article too. Well, that's cool. Yeah, for those that are listening, it was uh, a term that I stole from Greg here. I said our keyboard key our keyboard cowboy is ruining hunting, and I yeah whatever it's like. Yeah. Hypothetical, and what's that called? Uh, a rhetorical, dude. I, <laughs> I literally was thinking about that article the other day. So, we were in New Zealand on a red stag hunt with Federal Premium, and um, my wife last September had a back surgery, and the back surgeon fucked up and hit her nerve root, oh, and no. her foot is still is actually like limited mobility, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. But in January, like at SHOT Show and then doing ATA, she was in a wheelchair. And so we ran into Jason Vanderbrink, the CEO of Federal, and he's like, look, if you could get out of that chair, I will take you on your dream hunt because Natalie's always wanted to red stag. So like she shoots this awesome stag. She trains her ass off. She's like on trekking poles, like out of the wheelchair on trekking poles and just nails this great stag. But it leaves me like minimal amount of time to hunt. So we charter a helicopter and we go up looking for tar. And like, remember, I'm only in New Zealand. I've flown around the world for 12 or 23 hours to get there. I'm there for 12 days. And my wife's hunt takes a bunch because like mobility is like an issue. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so I have this limited amount of time and this dude gets on my feed on my personal feed. And it's like, dude, you're, you're fucking weak. You know, I I broke my back and you know, I I packed out a a bear myself. And I'm like, seriously, dude, like first off, (laughs) And then he's like, he's like, why are you cheating? I'm like, just stay triggered, dude. And he's like, no, that's cheating. And I'm like, would you just leave me alone, dude? Like, literally, my wife couldn't walk. You too say you broke your back. And then he's like, oh, way to post her, your pictures and not her. Wait, way to be a great husband. I'm like, dude, asshole, check my feed. We I already posted her stuff. Like, you're just on this particular picture that Instagram fed you. <laughs> just puking on my feed. About the fact that I didn't pack out the freaking tar. I'm like, I'm here for 12 days. It took eight days for Natalie to get her get her stag. Like, chill out. And you know what? It, it just comes back to like keyboard warriors ruining hunting. Like, I flew around the globe. I shot an exotic animal. I had an epic freaking hunt. Took me all day to find one, shot one, and I just happened to fly it back in the helicopter because I didn't have time to do it. But yet you're over here just just spewing on my on my my parade. I'm like, you know, keyboard warriors are ruining hunting, and it drives me nuts. Like. Our numbers are already diminishing. The antas are like pounding on our door with pitchforks and torches. The last thing we need to do is have like our own industry fighting us from within. Like it's just stupid. But you know, 
I just told the guy keep drinking Derek's Bud Light. ready to go here. Dude, dude, <laughs> no. dude's yeah. never shot an animal in the middle of Mordor. Why would he? <laughs> Come on. And what Shut really, up. what really is crazy about that is like, yes, that was loaded because we're talking about Eric's article. But here, you experienced this amazing hunt in a beautiful place with your wife that overcame this. And instead of talking about all the good stuff that happened, like the first thing that we had to talk about was how some jackass. <laughs> Had to talk like nasty to you guys and like put that taste in your mouth over this like once in a lifetime experience. Literally almost the exact quote was, you are weak. What's your excuse for being lazy? (laughs) Seriously, bro. Wow. Not surprised though. (laughs) Not surprised. That's that. And you know, I I think uh, the article, I, I highlighted this quote from Marcus Aurelius about like, you don't always have to have an opinion and I don't mean that like keep stuff to yourself, but like honestly, you can you can just keep scrolling. You don't always have to have something to say. And the keyboard cowboy, keyboard warrior mantra is you feel compelled to have to Facebook's like, tell me your opinion. It's like, how about no, Facebook? <laughs> like, I think at some point it's like, tell yeah. me how you're feeling or what's your opinion on this? Or it's like it's trying to tease it out of people. And in real life, you just don't do that. It doesn't exist. So yeah, sometimes just keep scrolling, ignore it, and, and move on. You don't, we don't have to get triggered to have an opinion. But, dude, tell us real quick before we, you know, take the train yeah. completely off the rails here in Negative Town. I don't want that to be the central no, theme right. necessarily. But uh, what took him yeah. barrel? Like, what do you do there? How did you start that? Man, I'll tell you what. It kind of started off like you guys are doing right now, like drinking bourbon. And uh, it was really a bar napkin thing. So I was at a PR agency uh, before I started Hook and Barrel. And then after that, I started my own PR agency. And I was like chasing the media. I mean, Eric, you do the job. You're always reaching out to you know publications and media outlets. Like, hey, this is an awesome new product. Check this out. And you just try and get your clients press. And so I was like, I'm really done chasing people. And so why don't I become the media? So I'm sitting at this bar and I literally I'm like, could there just be a redneck GQ? Because I'm really tired of Maxim, Men's Health, and GQ. Like I don't wear suits anymore, so I don't really read GQ. Maxim, I mean, all of a sudden, like the girls, there it's not about girls anymore. It was like some kind of woke bullshit. And then, and then men's health again, like started vilifying conservatives. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? So, so I went, I literally like cashed out. I only had one beer, ran across the street to the mall, went to the Barnes and Nobles and just start going through the magazine racks. And of course, like you had your usual suspects there and like it was Barnes and Nobles. And this is like six years ago before they got crazy as well. But I couldn't find a lifestyle magazine for outdoorsmen. And so I found like Recoil and I found Peterson's and I found like all of the industry like specific niche ones, but I couldn't find just a general interest one. Also, you know, I didn't shoot my first deer until like 13, 14 years ago. And I, cause I grew up without a dad. I'm like, if I read Peterson's, I am so far behind already um, that like I literally, I just start reading it a few years ago personally. And like, I finally feel like I'm caught up to where they're at. Um, and so I was like, there's gotta be just a general interest magazine, a redneck GQ and a place that anybody at any level, whether you are a top level veteran hunter and you've done all the backcountry stuff and like, You've done the sheep slam. Cool. We'll find you something to be interested in within the pages. Um, if you're the novice hunter and you have no freaking clue, if you're the okayest hunter, <laughs> there's going to be something for you. Um, we talk, you know, travel and destination. We talk food. We talk music. Literally, it is what you would expect. If there was a redneck version of GQ, that's what we put out. 
The other thing I wanted to do was have uh, subject matter experts in there that could explain like really rudimentary things and then also take people that are not your, uh, you know, your, your very, very, you know, elite hunters and just find people like we've had people like Brett Michaels from Poison on our cover. We've like right now Hardy is on our cover. Um, but we've also had Ranella on our cover and we've had Waddell on our cover. But I'd really try to present a holistic approach to the outdoor lifestyle. So our moniker is we're a lifestyle magazine for the modern outdoorsmen. Uh, but we cover literally even things that like Richard Rawlings from Fast and Loud doesn't hunt, kind of likes to fish. But the DNA of an outdoorsman, there's a very high probability that they're going to like classic cars and, and muscle cars and speed and horsepower. And so we put we put Richard on the, uh, the cover of last May, June, and it went over exceedingly well. And I think it's just like looking at the lifestyle and going, look, it's not always about hunting. It's not always about fishing. It's like, what do we do the other 300 and say 55 days a year that, you know, the average hunter, you know, is actually just driving, driving to work sitting in his cubicle, working on the job site. Like he's doing other things. He's not always in the backcountry chasing like mule deer. And that's kind of what we did, man. I went after it and I came home and told my wife who was burned out at her position as well. And she was kind of tired of doing the PR thing on the side with me. And so we both looked at each other and said, let's do it. And honestly, probably if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have started the magazine because of just, just the epic freaking journey it has been to get to where we are now but i think cooler minds may have prevailed in my, in my internal discussion and went look you know what you know now you are one of america's fastest growing lifestyle magazine for out uh, magazines for outdoorsmen like you are successful now it's just going to take six like five years of suck to get here and, uh, but we put in the work and here we are, man. And it's, I couldn't, it's just a blessing. And I, I have to check myself every day. Like, did I actually do this? Do I have a publishing house behind me? No, this is ran out of my, my house. I've got 30 different employees and in, in, in writers around the country that we use regularly. But for the most part, it's just like, you know, everyone home offices, everyone lives this like really cool lifestyle. And we just try to put out the best content we can. And we don't compete with the other big magazines out there, but we, we, we kind of just, we're a symbiotic relationship with them. I kind of look at it like we're a feeder to them, like learn, enjoy, step up to Peterson's. And then if you're not always hunting and you want to read about your favorite country music artist, dude, put down that magazine and read our magazine. But we could live this really cool, you know, lifestyle together and not be pissed off. Like I literally just was hunting with David Draper, the editor in chief of Peterson's a few weeks ago in, in um, Nebraska. And like, there's no competition at all. It was just like, just like two dudes hanging out, just kind of like y'all are down, down whatever basement you're in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no competition here. Right. Fellas. If there were Greg would have ran across <laughs> the field and shot that other Turkey. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that, that five year, if I would have, if I would have thought about in hindsight, 2020, maybe you went to the magazine route. I can't imagine the, the, just the sheer lift that must've taken the capital, the, you know, the wherewithal, I, I know nothing about that uh, print magazine stuff. Like, it's not my jam. I'm a digital guy. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool because you have a digital offering also, and a lot of the stuff lives digitally, but you have the print side. And I, I, I one of our one of our core values, if you will, I guess if we have a core value, <laughs> okay, as Hunter, is different, not better. You know, I think anytime we go to market with something, how can we do something different? And I, I pull from this book called uh, Play Bigger out of the, the Y Combinator folks. And, 
you know, that whole group of, of people in Silicon Valley that talk about like, I think one of the examples was five hour energy. And when that came to market, there was Red Bull, there was Monster, there was all these like, I don't know, energy drinks. Plus there was coffee and iced coffee. And they're like, why the hell would you do another energy drink? I know that's the, the terrible idea. No one's going to buy that. And he's like, look, mine's not going to be refrigerated. Mine's not 20 ounces. Mine's this tiny shot glass that sits at the front of the checkout and it's all B12. And you can guzzle this down in five seconds. You don't have all the liquid. You're not trying to take 10 peas in a one hour long car, car ride. You know, you're not going to get all sweaty from drinking a hot coffee or whatever. Like you just down this thing and you're good for five hours. It was different. It's not better than Red Bull. It's not better than, you know, coffee, but it's different. It hits different. And I think yeah. you've created something that is not necessarily better than Peterson's or, or men's health, but it's different. And that's important. Yeah. Like, I think not everyone needs to be puffing their chest, but I'm better than you. And I know I'm better than you. Well, that's relative to what? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Ab absolutely. And that's kind of what we set out to do. And that's kind of, um, that's where we've landed. And actually, you know, we started out the print magazine because I knew that every brand needed a, ta a tangible product. And so I never wanted to just be an online resource. Like I didn't want to become just an online blog. So I knew that the print world is very difficult, but I knew I was going to do things differently and I was going to try to, to approach it from a, from a totally different viewpoint, which we did. And it made that succeed. And then believe it or not, like our, our print circulation is we have like 55,000 in print. We have 187,000 digital subscribers. So it's actually more than triple online, but people know us as the print magazine, which, which was great because we have a tangible product that people know. But at the same time, the the complication now as we're further down the life cycle of the business is people keep thinking we're just a print magazine and print is dead. And we're, like that's not the case, <laughs> first off. Second off, the the digital end of our business is three times bigger than our print business. And actually, revenue has literally probably just caught up to like print is now caught up to digital. And so they're they're running in equal playing fields now. So that's fascinating. How did COVID, I mean, were you, you were, you were birthing this thing in the midst of a pandemic. It sounds like, how did that, how did Dude, that shape this? COVID was the ultimate blessing for us. And I have to caveat that with like so many people like lost jobs and family members and all the crap that long, like that went along with COVID. Don't even get me started on that. Um, but so Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's where a primary point of our distribution is, um, we, they were deemed essential stores. And so hmm. at first I was like, what are we, what are we going to do? We're screwed. But people kept going in Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's and when everything else was closed, like people just kept going there, more people. And they start flying off the shelves. Like our May, June cover of 2020 was Emerald Lagazi. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I had just hit print on like 50,000 and the world was shutting down. And so I started calling all my buddies like in fishing tournaments because they were still allowed to go fishing, if you recall that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, we're, we're going to give every angler in on the, from from literally from Destin to to like freaking Padre is going to get one of these in their mag or in their in their angler bags because I got to get rid of these. Well, as it turned out, like Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's was still open, so I'm like, yeah, sorry guys, like we're going to be kind of picky who gets now the free magazines <laughs> in their angler bags. <laughs> send them and so that's what we did and at the same time like the celebs were at home just like twiddling their thumbs there were no concerts and celebrities still like to talk about themselves and what they're doing so i just start booking 
just start booking and booking and booking and booking. And like that year, we start off like pandemic start off with Emerald Lagazi, but then we had, I mean, we we've had, I mean, gosh, I forget who all was on the cover in 2020. Like January, Feb was Mike Rowe. Then uh, I forget. Uh, man, I, you're putting my, I'm trying to go back. To you, but we, <laughs> That's all right, man. That or three years now, but that, that year, literally we had so many great freaking covers and, and I booked out for like a two years worth of covers. And so the other part of that game, that's really interesting is in the PR world, the public, you're only as good as your last cover. And so the publicists were like, well, you know, you know who, who's on your cover next or who has been your past cover? I'm like, well, Luke Bryan, uh, Emeril Lagazi, Mike Rowe, and you start rattling off these names, and they're like, "Holy shit! Like these guys are legit!" <laughs> and so they start booking their people. So literally, like it allowed me to spool up and build the momentum that I need. Meantime, my magazines were still turning, or our magazines as a company were still turning, and I was booking out talent, and it literally created like jet fuel for us. And and then at that same time, everybody everybody was fishing. And everybody's trying to get outdoors. Hunting numbers were up. Fishing numbers were like through the roof. And here we were like in this lifestyle. And there were so many new people into the sport as well. And here I'm waving a magazine that's going like, hey, this is for everybody, not just like the elite hunter or like the law enforcement or military guy. And everyone just dug it. And it just kind of exploded, man. It was just, again, another one of those God things for me. It's that's like, that's <laughs> crazy. I'm taking lemonade, making lemons or making lemonade out of lemons. I mean, if we can get an intro to Luke Bryan, I mean, like, well, that'd be freaking cool. My wife would be obsessed. That, that's who I'm actually doing it for. Anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> when, when someone's on the cover, what does that mean? Like, it, does it mean like you've, you've gained permission? I, I read this book called The Third Door by, um, the hell's his name, Alex Benayan. Uh, and then I invited him to do a, a speaking event for the company I was at before. And it's kind of cool. But like his book was way better than him in person because he just regurgitated his book in person and he wouldn't go off script at all. But nonetheless, the book yeah. was great. He talked about like if you can't get in the door through the line in the front, like in the you can't get in the back door because you know you, it's locked. You can you can climb on the trash cans and jump through the freaking window. There's always a way to get yeah. through to someone, and it was kind of cool Absolutely. how he shared these connections and relationships. And so like as you're getting access to some of these people, I imagine that's that's got to be tough because they have handlers or agents or agencies. You're never talking to the person or the person. So I guess it's a two-part question. A, how the hell do you do yeah. that? And B, when someone's on the cover, is there like, are you interviewing them to get a feature, one, two, three, four, five page, like, you know, cover of them, so to speak? And I don't mean cover, literally. I mean like, uh, I, I don't know what you call it. Again, I'm not a journalist, so I don't know what the hell it's called. Something like that, John. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever that's oh, called. Yeah, yeah. Um, with some people. And other times, it's just the publicist game. Like Luke was an absolute two-year, not okayest hunter moment. It was like backcountry <laughs> sheep hunt. Like fucking, I put in tags for years to try to get this thing. <laughs> oh, nice! Um, I see. Yeah, it's yeah. a lottery. It's a lifetime <laughs> that, lottery draw. <laughs> yeah, it's like a once in a lifetime. Like there's there's one governor's tag, and I nailed it. Um, uh, yeah. So that so basically, how you start out is you plan out your year and you try to figure out what you want who you want in your covers and why and what they're doing. You also then have to like literally stock their, their internet presence, whatsoever. Like, is he putting out a new album? Uh, is there a new movie? Is there a new show coming on discovery? Like whatever these things are. And you have to be relevant because they don't want to do things. If 
there's nothing relevant for them to talk about because I'd much rather just be at home with their families. Uh, why? Hence the reason, you know, 2020 and 2021 and part of 22 was was good for for um, getting celebrities booked. Um, so you play the publicist game. You literally like there is like the very, very, very base level entry. We don't do it anymore, but we did it in the first year. Go on imdbpro.com, look at the person, hit their contact information, and basically beg some 20-year-old chick in Los Angeles to allow you to talk to like level two gatekeeper, to talk to like level three gatekeeper the to finally get on to like crack. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, but like once you have like one big name to like, you could associate with, the next person will kind of have like FOMO, fear of missing out, and go boy if luke did this maybe i should do this and like you kind of have to grow up to that like you can't start off like i don't think like our first cover was martin tricks jr huge name in the nascar world and that was a friend of a friend that gave me his cell phone number and i literally cold called this dude for <laughs> issue number. hey man <laughs> I, I know you don't know me yeah, but i know a lot about you who, uh, who do i got here yeah. <laughs> i've been stalking for like six yeah, months and uh, i'm really nervous right now but uh let's <laughs> <laughs> right exactly and so you kind of build up from there and that six years later like like we're going to nashville next um uh, next mm, the beginning of june can't disclose why uh, it is a very very big cover for next year a very big cover and but like now i could call up people and literally just get publicists on the phone like the person in charge or like i'll you know be out with like we had a cover uh or we did um Tim Montana uh, in one of the issues and he was doing a new hot sauce collab during, <laughs> during, during COVID with Billy Gibbons from ZZ top. And like wow. all of a sudden one day I get a FaceTime call and like, I just got back from the gym. I'm sweaty. I'm a mess. And it's Tim Montana. I'm like, all right, cool. Who? And it's freaking Billy Gibbons. <laughs> and he, and I'm like, Holy shit. Like it's ZZ top. Like that's really freaking cool. And so sometimes it's like six degrees. Like, who do you know? Like, I have no problem calling up, you know, certain people and like, hey, who do you know? And I built this relationship with some of them. And so some of the covers, like, I could literally text with and we could just hang out. Uh, some of the covers, I've never talked to them personally. It's one of my writers. Uh, and they've actually built the relationship. And sometimes it's just playing the publicist game, man. It's, 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 it's a struggle. It's a lot easier to get the hunting industry people than it is to get the the people from outside the industry because remember you're dealing with publicists like in New York, in LA that are protecting the shit out of their client and they're like we can't have them near guns, dead animals, ammunition, all this stuff, and you're playing all these different rules. But meantime, they're a country singer talking about hunting deer, so it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a game. It's a game every day. <laughs> That's wild. My my brother-in-law just moved to Tennessee. He got his first job out of college, working for Interstate Music. And they gave him the keys yeah. to this van. It's the Interstate Music van that, like, so they have they they're a label. Like they can they can take a, a zero to hero in terms of like the country world. So now they bought a house on whatever that row street is on in Nashville, where like all the I don't know what it's Music called. Music Row. Music Row. They got a house. Interstate Music owns a house in Tennessee, and they have a freaking Mercedes van decked out interstate music and you open up the doors and it's a mobile recording studio with built-in videographers and production company behind it. So they're just, he's just pulling up to places, running cameras, letting people play out of the van. And it's crazy. Yeah. And they're signing artists left and right, like big names, big names. I'm like, dude, I can't believe you get to like, he, 
so his, his name's Sam. He's done all of our audio stuff because he's an audio technician. He went to school to be an audio guy. And uh, so it's really kind of neat. So he, he got to open up for Luke Combs' band um, himself at Interstate yeah. Music. They have their own thing. So it's just kind of an interesting thing, like that he's now he's living this Tennessee life. He just moved there. Fresh out of college, lands his dream job, moves to Tennessee. They're, they're funding him to, to do all this stuff. And he's riding around this country music you know, all-star it. van. Um, I had a different, a different thought I was going to say there. I don't know what the hell it was. I just sidetracked myself talking about you, my, my brother-in-law. <laughs> just pull up the Broadway in the van and offer ba- uh, yeah. bachelorette parties free drinks. <laughs> They're everywhere. Those bachelorette parties on there. <laughs> yeah, you heard the intro, like you know, uh, the OKS Hunter intro. That's Sam. That's his voice. That's my brother-in-law. So he's he's helped us with all of our podcast intros because we're kind of like, we have like a podcast network now apparently that we're building. So it's kind of kind of fun. But um, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting that you can you can get through to people, and I think maybe somewhere along the ways you'd mentioned going to Nashville, and the name that comes to mind. I know you can't disclose anything, and you don't have to nod your head one way or the other here. But my my bet is it might be Laney Wilson. But we I shared with you that Laney Wilson was wearing the OKS Hunter hats last November, and I was like, I didn't know it. I didn't even know she had one of our hats. All of a sudden, I started getting all these text messages from people, and I didn't know who Laney Wilson was. And, and I'm like, well, who's that? That's cool. Yeah. Some girls wearing her hat. Like, that's great. And suddenly it was like, no, that's Lainey Wilson. And so I was like Googling her. And it was right at the time she was getting famous on TikTok for her, you know, um, backside. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, I was like, oh, this is weird timing, you know? And it was it was pretty cool. It was um, a friend of hers we sent hats to. And uh, that, I guess they must have been all at this party. And so then Mitch Tenpenny was wearing it also. And it was just... Overall, kind of a neat little thing to have happen that our little brand made it out into the country music scene without really do like we didn't do it. It just kind of organically happened. Dude, it was that that is Megan so Patrick awesome is who we sent the hats to because she's like, "This is my new favorite hunting brand." I was like, "Hey, do you want some of our hats? Like, you seem like a pretty neat person." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we actually had you know it's funny we sent a guy to an event called Elevation in in colorado one of our one of our writers tom Vineski, and he headed up there and he interviewed everybody from or interviewed everybody from drake white to um oh gosh what's her name it doesn't matter uh but like all the way to laney wilson and it was it was last year and so man i i i i had heard the preview sometimes you get these kind of just these kind of vibes from like listening to music. I, I think maybe I have a good sense about it. I don't know, but I'll get like a, a preview link from, from the publicist and be like, Hey, here's this girl, Lainey Wilson. She's coming out with a new song and collab with, with Hardy. And it's about to drop um, called get in the truck. Check it out. It's dropping in like 90 days. And I heard it. I'm like, okay, this, this has got some wheels. And so we actually did an interview with her. So we, we actually had Lainey, in um march april of this year actually and then like so there i'm sitting there watching the cmas uh two weeks ago just like freaking just just drinking a lot but i was gonna say like, <laughs> let's just be honest there. Like, you know, i have no money to throw up in the air i'm we like not making a rain over here at hook and barrel but i'm just like <laughs> this is awesome so some and so that's how it happens right like nobody really knew who laney was back in the day she had like really good access and like you could just you could just have great com- combos with her. Now we probably can't even talk to her, but we had her on the cover. So to illustrate my point, now I'm able to go and be like, "Hey, we'd like to have 
somebody else. We just had Laney Wilson. And so and they're like, oh, Laney. Yeah, you, we, we've got to work with Looking Barrel. <laughs> and it's kind of building that street cred, man. It is interesting how like success begets more success. Like the rich get richer. And I don't mean that you're rich or anything. Just, but it is like the more followers you have on TikTok, the more reach you get on TikTok, the more followers you get, the more reach. You get. Right. It just keeps going. It's like the, it, it is fascinating. If you get like, I, I remember, Greg, remember we had Mark Kenyon on the first time? Mm-hmm. Do you know how we got Mark Kenyon on the first time? It's because I read that stupid book by Alex Benayan called The Third Door. And <laughs> you I third door I third door the <laughs> shit out of Mark. Third door Kenyon? And he, he he may know it, but I I Mark never and Mark's fine. Like we I can text him and he'll respond. He's great. And I enjoy what he puts out and so forth. And he's had us on our podcast now, or in his, I should say. So it's kind of neat. But at the time he had just released that wild country. And so Mark is not responding to shit. But I was like, I bet you his publisher will respond to me. So I reached out to his publisher on the book. I went into the book, bought the book, opened the cover, found the publishing company, went to LinkedIn, found the publisher, and messaged her. I was like, hey, we have a podcast. I'd love to hear about Mark's book. And so she booked Mark. I don't even think Mark knew he got booked on our podcast. <laughs> and until he showed up, he's probably like, those mother effers. <laughs> like, that, that's how it goes, dude. Congra- but like, because he had something to talk you, you about. Have to the grind. Yeah, he had something. He had a new book he needed to get out, and I was like, "Hey, we have a vehicle for that." And it, granted, it's just a little podunk podcast, but uh, it's something. And and so yeah, I think you're right about that whole like pay attention to what people have going on, and if there's an opportunity to get someone like a book release or a song drop or, or an album or whatever, a hot sauce apparently. Yeah, you know things like that yep. are opportunities. And I say this, and I'm talking to the audience too, because a lot of folks that listen are trying to do something in the outdoor category. They have other podcasters that listen and like, there's no silver bullet. Some people do norm, no. know more folks, but like I, I firmly believe in like giving more than I take 5149. That's a Gary Vaynerchuk thing. And in doing that over and over and over and over, there's a compounding effect that happens where there is some reciprocity that, I don't ever actually cash in on. I try not to burn social currency, but at some point that reciprocity is like, oh, I'll introduce you to Eric. He's he's helped me build this or help me figure that or help me solve this tech problem or whatever. It gave me an intro. And at some point that stuff just starts to stack in your favor. And I think that's yeah. pretty cool that you guys have done some of this stuff. And celebrities yep. have a huge following, but they're people just like anybody else that probably worked really effing hard to get there. Oh yeah. Everybody thinks it's a, it's like an overnight sensation and it was 10 years of playing dive bars to get there. And, you know, it's one of those kind of things like, you know, when you build a reputation of doing things good and doing them right, then they'll start like referring their friends to you. Like you'll get a call from freaking Billy Gibbons, something like that. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just, I, I think the silver bullet is just hard work and determination and never freaking given up. Like you just got to have extreme self-confidence. You've got to put in the work because if you're not willing to put in the work and, and, and step out of your comfort zone and literally operate in uncomfortable situations, you're going to be like everybody else and wondering why you didn't make it. And then like, Oh, he, he's, he just, but he's just built different. No, no, he's not. No, I just have no shame. Have no shame. Like literally if you see, like I was walking through a bar in Nashville and literally I bumped into him and then he bumped in like we were just walking through. It was Gary Gary Laveau from from Rascal Flats. And he's oh, like, Oh, cool. That's awesome. Dude. I'm like, what's up, man? My name's John. I'm I'm from Hook and Barrel. And he's like, I've heard of Hook and Barrel. I would love to work with you guys. And it was like one of those kind of moments where, like, you know, you just have to have no shame and be like, I'm not gonna like, you know, you're gonna squander it. Treat you like a normal. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. but at that same time, he 
what was crazy is he had heard about us and he wanted to work with us, but didn't know how to get a hold of us. I'm like, at that moment, I was like, there you go, right? Like, that's the dude from Rascal Flats. And you may have been too chicken shit to go and talk to him at the bar, but I did. And in the meantime, he been he was trying to look for us at the same time. And so that's one of those kind of things like, you know, you just always have to remember everybody's human and everybody is just trying to do life. Like nobody yeah. is above just like being a normal, cool person. Yep. And if they are, fuck them. Like you don't need to talk to this. Yeah, people. Rascal Flatsman, I mean, he's got a beautiful voice. And just like Greg said, everyone takes a shit and it's painful. <laughs> oh yeah, and Gary <laughs> is a huge hunter too. Huge bow hunter. Is he? Yeah. I yeah. Okay. Yeah, he hunted with the Lakoskis yeah. on all the videos back in the day. And yeah, he he's a big time bow hunter. I didn't know that. Yeah. Learned something new every day. Yeah, oh. no, definitely. I think I think he's like I don't know if they're I don't want to say pro staff, but like he's definitely like sponsored or has some like serious like he had, he had, I from what I understand, he has some level of partnership with Matthews even. So that's cool. You guys both shoot Matthews, don't you? Yeah. I'm the only bear guy in the room. Bear. <laughs> hey, bear, bear guy. Hey, bear guy. <laughs> you're, you're all set up now, right? You can't, I got to get, get new tape. Gotcha. Uh, and, and get, but it's like, it's a setup as it needs to be before I get new tape on my um, single sight. sight pin. So I'm going to go to Whale Tail and uh, make sure I'm like dialed in. But it felt real good. It felt really, really good. And that thing shoots way faster yeah. than my uh, single cam uh, Bear Empire from like Sweet. 19- Ninety-nine or whatever. Whale Yeah, there's an archery What's shop whale? here in Wisconsin whale called Whale Tail. Greg will talk about it. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like it's our creme de la creme around here. Yeah, it's our local archery shop. Some would argue there are better, but I don't know. I've, all of us, all three of us, could walk in there and they would take very good care of us. It maybe yeah. maybe helps to know them since they opened the open that shop. But uh, weren't they doctor? Was one, one of the guys like a doctor or something like that? And then nah, that hung I'm not his uh, white of. coat up to is a white coat when you're a doctor. To I, go. That, that I'm not positive of. But either way, it's something that they both wanted to do. They did it, and uh, they're doing very well for themselves as far as like having a reputable shop and taking care of customers. It's a good. It's, it is a, a great shop. Yeah. yeah. We used to call. We used to call like. When you see a girl's thong coming out of the back of her jeans, yeah, I knew that. That's where it was going. (laughs) I thought it was like whale tail because, like, I saw those ears perk up on John. What are you talking about? Where's the whale tails? uh, Honey, I'm going to go to whale tails. It's an archery shop, not a strip club. (laughs) That'll be the next thing on the cover of (laughs) Barrel. It's like a Wisconsin titty bar. Archery shop by day. (laughs) I wonder what that stage was for. They all got knocked up. They it's all about customer service. <laughs> that a different meaning behind knocked up. Like, <laughs> there we go. They do serve beer there, so <laughs> yeah. A lot of archery shops do, though. Even even uh, buck, what's it, buck rub? They serve beer mm. because people shoot leagues. You're done with your you're done with your league. You're done with your 3D league, and then buck you're like, rub? Let's go what, get a- what kind of archery shops do you guys have? <laughs> the cool best ones. ones. The best ones. <laughs> yeah, the best kind. <laughs> yeah. You need to come, you need to come up here now. Yeah, have you been to Wisconsin, yeah. John? I'm going, You're down in Texas. I'm going down to Horny's Horny's Hunting Shop. <laughs> that's that's a good one. one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that one's in West Dallas. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's West Dallas. That's a real strip club. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't bring your bow there. Yeah. <laughs> just your oh, arrow. Shoot. <laughs> oh, that's silly. That's a good time. Anyway. All right. So what? What's uh? What? I mean, you've you've done some pretty cool things. Being like the yeah. the founder of Hook and Barrel and like starting this thing, and you talked about like 
you've yeah. kind of like made it proverbially here and like you're there. What are uh, what are what are some of the things that are, like are okay about it, or what are some some like you went to New Zealand and we talked about your wife and but like are there some other trips that you you know kind of uh, biffed on or forgot this? Did you forget your release traveling across oh, the country or anything weird? Look, if if you are not screwing up like you're not trying hard enough um <laughs> like <laughs> good, like yeah. anybody that's like man i'm i am like i'm like the best hunter in the world like i don't know i i haven't quite been on a trip with one of those kind of people yet but no i mean i every every day like i said my first buck was like 13 years ago or something like that um and it was a disaster um how, things get how better, old are you like, by the way were you like 30 i'm 38 Oh, one year older than me. I was trying to like be real nice and say thirty because you look like you're a young fella. <laughs> no, it's it's just, it's just the filter on the, uh, on the podcast. Yeah. We have that. Yeah, um, AI. We, we, we don't. <laughs> no, I mean every everything. I think every time I go and do something, like I'm learning. So if like I mean, you're school's never out, even for the pro. And so there's in in his nature, right? Like it's going to throw you a curveball. And so no matter if it's my deer lease that I've been on now for five years and I know that land pretty darn well and I have an idea of what's going to happen, inevitably that deer is going to come from somewhere like totally wrong or there's going to be like an influence of a reason why I'm not at my optimal, like drinking around the campfire the whole night before. Um, or... And I've got a good story about that, but, um, <laughs> or like if you're in New Zealand and your wife gets motion sickness and she's hunting a tar with you and is like puking in a bag. So half the time you're holding the bag while you're like looking for like shit's going to happen. That That's what it is. It's, it's, it, it's the nature of the sport. And I mean, my odd ad hunt, like I thought I was totally prepped. I had, I had like been on the Stairmaster with like plates on my back and packing out and doing all this stuff and just like totally condition myself. And then dude, I get up there 14 miles in, we stop for food. I eat some tuna fish I had with me. Actually the, one of the guys we had with us had it. I don't know how long it had been in his truck. And the oh, rest shit. of the time, like I literally spent like shitting my brains out. <laughs> and then I, I never became dehydrated because I didn't have enough water with me for like, you know, you know, ridiculous amounts of pooping shitting. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like, I, I was cramping up on the way back, carrying this freaking packing this animal out. Like it, it could be any myriad of things like bad things happen. And I am the first like self deprivation for me. Sometimes it might be like a nervous twitch where I'll just kind of like make fun of myself a little bit in, in serious situations. But realistically, like it, it happens. And I think it happens to everybody. Like, and, and if you're too big to, to admit that you've screwed up at some point in your hunting career, like, dude, like you're the dude that's on Instagram knocking me about having to like fly my animal. Yeah. Yeah. You're the D bag. I'm not, I'm weak. I'm lazy. Like, no, I just, I didn't have like three extra days to walk down <laughs> this thing with this thing. So, um, you know, like that's, that's just kind of how it goes, man. Like my first deer, I don't know what I was doing. Like I, I had shot long distance. I had done a lot of things. I did a lot of shooting, uh, through college, but then I had, I had, I bought tags because my buddy was like, Hey, you're really good at shooting skeet and trap. You know, you should go dove hunting. So I bought the super combo here in Texas. I think at that time it might still be, was like 68 bucks. And you got literally everything from like saltwater to, to deer, to turkey, to whatever. And so like one morning I was like, Hey, I want to go deer hunting. I've always wanted to do it and no one's ever showed me how to do it. 
so I drove around and found a deer and, uh, you know, I was driving around in a golf cart. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just driving the road golf cart. Yeah. Did it have like rifle. big tires on it though? Like, was it like a legit golf cart? Yeah. Cause I've seen those yeah. things. Okay. Yeah. Bumping and the I sound down system. The fence line, I'm like, there's one. And I, I sent it and in, in full transparency, like I thought I shot a six point. I didn't know you count the brows at that time. Like I had shot an eight point. It probably was still two years old. I probably should not have shot it, but I did. And then I walked up to him like, all right, now what? And then so I broke out my phone. And I used YouTube. YouTube. Yes, like, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And I'm like, my phone is disgusting now. It's covered in stomach bile. Like, <laughs> 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 you smell um, it every time you pick it up. <laughs> it smells yeah, like victory. Reminds me of the hunt. Yeah. But but like that was the beginning of my my journey. And I could have quit or I could have just learned and you just learn. But every time you go to hunt something new, it's a, it's a different game. And half the time you're hunting something you've always hunted and it's a different game. You know, it's just conditions change and situations change and people change. And like, hell, I, since that day, I've been ate up with deer hunting. I missed one of the, actually I didn't even get a shot off at him last year. Like I had been waiting on my target buck. And this is going back to that, that story uh, about drinking too much. Like the night before the local moonshine dealer, you know, had a great batch and we, we had tore it up. Matter of fact, I'm not really sure if I fully remember driving to the blind like the next morning. Like <laughs> on the golf cart. Like, oh, I feel like I feel like shit. I'm just gonna curl up on the floor and die. And Lamp. then like an hour later, because I got up there like four o'clock in the morning, and like an hour later, this like salamander is crawling across me. And I feel like this weird, cold, wet thing on me. I'm like, oh fuck, what is this? And I, and I at that moment I heard something move. I'm like, I got up off the floor. And just in the twilight, sun had just been starting to come up. I think that's probably what woke me up. <laughs> there he was. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> and I got... <laughs> so safety was still on. I'm like, messing around with the darn thing. And dude, he trotted off because he heard me. And so like, I've been doing it now for a decade and you could still manage to screw up. And that's that's part of it. Like, it's okay. You know, just... Go learn from your mistakes. Like, don't drink like an idiot around the fire the night before. I've literally had a so deer wake me up before uh, in, in the rifle opener here in Wisconsin. That deer, I did shoot it and I got it. But, like, it was one of those, you woke me up. No, you no, got, no. I can get yeah. you. I got a rifle. You're going to get it, buddy. You got to be further than that. <laughs> <laughs> but bow hunting, yeah. But that's, that's the truth. That's crazy. That's the truth, man. Shit happens. And it's okay. Just learn from it. Yeah. And don't learn. Don't be too big to admit it. Yeah, failure is our best teacher, and and there's been too many years yeah. that have gone by on TV hunting shows where they've never shown the failing parts of it, and I think that's not inherently their fault. I think it's because they can't show that stuff. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. it never made the light of, the light of day, and therefore we all thought, and we've all talked about this. Like, I thought this is where you needed to be. I thought deer just start rolling in in these timbers, and that's not how it goes. Lo and behold, and you learn never. that by learning it the hard way, usually. Otherwise, you just sit there twiddling your thumbs the whole damn time, wondering why they never saw anything. Done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been, we've been there too. So <laughs> we're, we're Midwestern whitetail guys. Like we, yeah, it's it's uh, it's different up here than it is in Texas, than it is in Arkansas, than it is in Pennsylvania, than it is in Florida, than it is in you know, like everyone's got it uniquely different. There's different regulations. There's different circumstances, climates, terrain, so forth. It's all different. So like the internet has made it seem like everyone's gotten the same playing field, and that just ain't the truth. Um, anyway. Greg, you got any thoughts there, Greg? Nope. Bullshit. <laughs> Should have another uh, Belgian white. No, I'm good. You only brought one down. I know you weren't ready to play. One's enough. <laughs> One's enough. <laughs> uh, 
I'm just giving a hard time. No, this is good. This is a good episode. So um, hook and, it's just hookandbarrel.com. But there is a restaurant called Hook and Barrel. So you got to watch out for that when you're Googling Hook and Barrel. I, in one of our, actually, one of my best writers actually was at that restaurant uh, <laughs> like a few years ago. And Look where I am. <laughs> he's like, it's actually really good. I'm like, cool. I hope I, it's in South Carolina. Like, so if you're in South Carolina, has nothing to do with us. <laughs> but go to Hook and Barrel. Check them out. Check them out. I've right, always yeah. wanted to go there. Yeah, but take us while there. We while you're there, no, now we don't. <laughs> Selfie. Yeah. I didn't know the magazine had a restaurant. <laughs> Tell them that if they need some reading material when they're real busy, they should supply your magazine. All yeah. wild game. That's all they serve. <laughs> totally illegal, but it's very good. <laughs> totally illegal. <laughs> <sighs> no, I, yeah, no that that was that one. One one of my favorites is we had John Rich on our cover and. He in good old meta, they don't like to verify anybody, even if you want to pay for it now. Um, <laughs> and he 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 tagged us, but unfortunately, he didn't tag us, he tagged the um, the knitting website or knitting Instagram page, like what? hook and barrel. I guess, I guess those are knitting pages. <laughs> like John Rich from Big and Rich is sending people to like Gene was really happy like, that day. Check out these sick potholders. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to mention, like they were like listing their pronouns and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, what in the hell? Who did he? And I'm like, because I saw the post from John Rich. I'm like, that's definitely not us. <laughs> Good try, pal. But that ain't us. <laughs> yeah, good job. So, oh. yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah, at Hook and Barrel Mag on Instagram, uh, Hook and Barrel Magazine on Facebook, and hookandbarrel.com on the interwebs. Cool. Yeah. And you guys are, are you, how many articles you pump out a week, would you say, on average? Um, on, well, so we, we, we print, uh, six times a year. So we're, we're every other month. And then we roll that content online and then we have digital writers as well. Um, I wouldn't say like we just have waves of content coming online every, every week. Um, but I, I would say we always have something new online. You should always check back. And if you're new to the brand, like if we don't have something new, just like go to like page two, cause that'll all be new. And then go to page three, cause that'll all be new to you too. If you've never read us before. <laughs> yeah. Keep digging. Um, yeah. But- just keep digging and just go down the rabbit hole of hookandbarrel.com. But um, yeah, so we, we're always putting out stuff. Like we've started delineating our print magazine to be more of an entertainment magazine with some education. And we're starting to work online because I'm realized, I have realized, and I bet you guys probably do this too. Like you use the internet to learn and you actually like read or listen to be entertained. So, you know, I'm, I'm never like, boy, I wonder what Lainey Wilson's doing today. Like when I'm sitting in my deer blind, I'm like, why the hell am I not seeing I mean, that maybe. here? Know, like, she's trying to those are the articles that we're doing uh, online. So like more tips and tricks. And as we get t- closer to the hunting seasons, uh, we did a lot of turkey stuff uh, in the beginning of turkey season. Now, as we're starting to get into the July time frame when everyone starts thinking about deer again, we're starting to start running a lot more of that as well. So a lot of that stuff's online, just like super digestible nuggets. And there's a ton of gun reviews. And then there's just like a lot of fun stuff baked into it. Like, Spearfishing for lionfish in Destin, Florida. You know, what is Laney Wilson doing? Spearfishing for lionfish. Hopefully. That'd be cool. Spearfishing for lionfish. Wilson spearfish for lionfish, that's an article. <laughs> that is. And then she wrote a country song <laughs> yeah, about it. You know, what's funny is I you you mentioned it. I didn't know like her backside went viral on TikTok. Oh, and yeah. Then, like, because it was like my... heart heart like a truck, but but it was like 
you know, back in like a dump truck, I think is kind of <laughs> I mean, the viral. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this. This is what the internet said. I just heard you say it. <laughs> Came from your mouth. Well, it's funny because I, I showed the picture of the article and they're like, of course you have a picture of her like that because it was like a picture of her playing to the crowd. I'm like, what are you guys even talking about? Like, because I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have time for internet like shenanigans. Like, I just missing anything there. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, Laney Wilson's butt, I'm missing. <laughs> If you're sure, on the internet, you, you wouldn't be missing. Even show you. Oh, gosh, <laughs> she seems like a nice lady. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, yeah, we just work all the time. So I have no idea what these trends are. Like, we had a PR or we had a social media team once, like trying to get me to do challenges. I'm like, what, 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 what do you mean the Pepsi Apple Pie challenge? What the hell is a Pepsi Apple Pie challenge? <laughs> you mean American like, Pie? I'm not doing I'm not that. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, is it Stifler's mom? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I will not deflower your anyway. apple pie. <laughs> We just, I just tripped into a new, I just tripped into a new trend today. I like, I've known about it, but I just literally taught myself how to do it. And it's not a dance. It's called a meme overlay. And no, it's a he's going to be thing. flossing down here. Just, just wait, just wait, a just wait to see what goes on on our Instagram and TikTok in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be meme overlay city over here. What the hell's a meme overlay? Yeah, right. Exactly. Is that a I didn't meme know on that. a meme? <laughs> memes on memes on memes. It's Double like meme action. It's basically, you can take it's any like, video that exists on the internet. And and add a green screen. You can make it green screen. So you can. So like, let's just use this example. Ross from Friends says, uh, uh, "Fine by me." Like I can cut out Ross saying that. I don't need the whole video. I can cut out just Ross, and I can put Ross and superimpose him over anything I want. And that's something I learned how to do today. And I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I got really I'm excited, excited when I that figured excited. out how to do video memes like yeah. we, we trendsetted the shit out of that and now it's like tired and old news and uh, now we're well, gonna do called a whole like a new gif thing. yeah yeah video gifts or i don't know but we, we we've been doing that for like three years and I, like dozens of people have asked how do you do that what do you use where do you find them how do you how do you reset yeah yeah, yeah. just wait <laughs> just just wait we're gonna ride the next wave i got my i got a new surfboard so i'm, I'm pretty jacked about it <laughs> It's but, gonna be yeah. good. I'm not trying to like. I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm just enthused, guys. This is not even a bragging thing. I'm just enthused about it because I, I figured it out. It took I'm a sure long time. I'm sure you'll kill it. Yeah, a couple but hours yeah. of search. You're gonna be the king of memes on memes. memes. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty much ready. Meme are memes? It's like it literally is a. It is a merging of Grumpy Cat and Kermit drinking tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I'll do both of those at the same time. <laughs> you overlay them. Yes, yes, yes. Precisely. And then you apply it to deer hunting. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Sprinkle. There's a sprinkle of deer sprinkle hunting. deer hunting in there. And then people go, yeah, that's me. And then they share it like a thousand times. That's how it works. But no, this is good, man. This is a good episode. Thanks for, for chilling with us here on the OKS Hunter podcast where we set the bar as, as low as we possibly can so we can only go uphill because Lord knows we like to suffer. <laughs> and... Uh, I'll, I'll kill the live stuff. John, hang out with us for a minute. We'll debrief. And uh, you got any yeah. parting? Do you got any parting cool. thoughts? I, no, no, you don't. No. <laughs> like, no, no. I'll play some music. No, actually, I did oh, hear. Okay. I did hear your. I did hear your thing about turkey hunting and the wife thing and all of that. Yeah. So what I will say is setting the bar low. And my my wife is glad she's like she had to take the kid somewhere else. But like. In life, if you set the if, if you set the bar really low with like with your wife as well, like as long as like 
you it, like oh he's turkey hunting it'd be a lot worse he could be like trying to build a new truck in the driveway with his drunk buddies like you, you know same thing with hunting you gotta set the expectation for season very very low so you're able to get away from the wife and the kids like oh he's in the woods by himself it could be a lot worse he could be trying to like you know create that model rocket club he wants you know, you know, he could be a whale tail really low now. anything worse than really low. Yeah, yeah. So Boo. anything, anything worse than right, or anything better than how you set the bar preseason allows you just to go in the woods and sit in a tree during season. She's like, "Oh, it's great. It's way better than that freaking ice cream truck idea he had." <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I have a thousand ideas. So that that's been a theme in our house. Like, oh god, my wife. I'm like, I gotta tell her. She goes, "Oh no, 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 no. What now?" I'm like, no, no, it's not that bad. I just told you I have to go poop. Like, <laughs> it's nothing major. But but my wife's like, oh, I wish I could go sit in a silent tree in the woods or in a, yeah. a tree in the silent woods for, for hours on end while our kids are screaming in the background at her. She's texting me. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I do feel a little guilty. But I am waiting to shoot a deer. Like, you got to be quiet. Yeah, so you just set the bar low now so that by season comes around, it's better than where you were. I think that's good advice. That's great. Well, I'm gonna mute the, I'm gonna mute the mics. We'll let the music roll out. John, hang right. tight for just a second. You got it. It only takes a while. All right then. You just got like reverberate.